1: That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: Hey guys, we have Jake from Visigoth on the episode today, so stay tuned for that. And before we get into the episode, I just want to mention that... You know, I've had a 25-year career in television, and some of you may or may not know that the work is not as mm, plentiful as it's been in the past. So I've had to find some other ways to supplement my income. I was kind of embarrassed by this at first, but it's cool, man. It's a, it's a good thing. And I wanted to extend an offer out to you guys. I'm now doing part-time sales work for Guitar Center, don't know how long it's going to last. Don't know how long I'm going to be there. I will keep you posted. But as as long as I'm there, go to the GuitarCenter.com. Check it out and let me know what you want. Email me, okay? I'm at Mark at TalkingMetal.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you're looking at, what you want to buy. I can have it usually shipped to your house or to any Guitar Center in the country. And, you know, when you use me, it helps me out. Um, and... I will help you out. If you're doing an order over $1,000, I should be able to get you 20% off. So, yeah, go to GuitarCenter.com, look around, and let me know what you want. Hit me up at Mark at TalkingMetal.com, and we can discuss it more in email, all right? Cool, guys. And that 20% off, there's certain brands that doesn't apply to. I believe that excludes gibson's unfortunately one of my favorite guitars gibson's uh but most other things on the website i can get you 20 percent off already already been doing that just helped my friend uh dan lorenzo out got him a discount on a a foot pedal he plays with the band vessel of light so i want to help you guys out too Go to guitarcenter.com. Let me know what you want. Hit me up with an email at mark at talkingmetal.com. Here we go with the episode.
1: Black Label presents Heavy Montreal, the heaviest
2: festival in Canada. Back for
1: a 10th edition. Two days of rock and metal. July 27th and 28th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau. Witness Slayer perform their last show in Quebec ever. Performances by Ghost, Godsmack, Evanescence, Slash, Anthrax, Steel Panther, Kill Switch Engage, and many more. 40 bands playing four stages on a festival site that you have to see to believe. Festival passes are on sale now. Visit heavymontreal.com. Produced by Avanco.
2: Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids. It's Mark Striegel coming to you from the Ritz Diner in Livingston, New Jersey. I am here sitting at a table by myself with a bunch of people looking at me because I'm holding a microphone talking. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm trying to kind of keep it down a little bit, but um, as you can hear, it's kind of loud in the background. But, anyways, <laughs> it's been just hectic and crazy, so I just am trying to get this recorded when I can. We are on our way to Montreal for heavy Montreal in just a few days. Hope you guys join us up there for the great yearly hard rock, heavy metal, loud rock festival. Some punk rock included, mostly, uh, you know, some metalcore, some stoner stuff. It's all great. Heavy Montreal is absolutely incredible every year. And I've had the pleasure of being here. I think out of, uh, since 2013, I think I've been at... Four of them does that sound right one, two let's see one, two, three. this may be the fourth one, it may be the fifth one, too i'm losing track at the moment <laughs> I, I let me think i think it's yeah, I think it's the uh I think it's the fourth time i'll be going up there to heavy Montreal. and i can't wait it's always such a g- treat for Emily and I. She will be joining me, and uh okay, first of all, we had we had a uh, that song coming into the podcast was Black Sabbath off the Never Say Die record, A Hard Road. And before we talk about that, I do want to mention that Jake Rogers from the band Visigoth is on the show today. Very cool band that I've been turned on to by one of our Patreon patrons, Patrick me on to that. Thanks, dude. Thank you so much. I'm going to give you a special thanks in the uh, show notes too for turning me on to that band, an American band. I know you're you're over. Uh, I want to say Sweden, or is it? Uh, I, I I don't have it in front of me, Patrick. But I I know you're not from the states. Uh, So it was interesting. When you sent me the original link, I figured these guys were, like, European or something. But no, they are American. And Jake Rogers is here from the band Visigoth. Well, not here in the diner with me. I recorded the interview earlier, but we're going to hear from him um, in just a bit. So stay tuned for that. And I'm going to finish this podcast across the street at New World Manga Comic Book Store and uh, Pokemon... uh, Hang out, my boys, and their best buddy Henry are across the street right now uh, for some sort of new release Pokemon thing that's going on. So I left them there. <laughs> I don't know if that's a bad dad or not, but I'm I'm just across the street, and I, I did tell the people who run the store that I was going to be uh, leaving them there for a few minutes. They were, oh, here comes my egg, eggs Benedict. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, so that song, An, uh, A Hard Road by Black Sabbath, off the Never Say Die record, a highly, highly underrated record, in my opinion, and I believe that's because it gets panned a lot by not only the band, uh, Ozzy, I believe, in his memoir saying they'd lost their way at this point, point. Um, and the, you know because the band doesn't dig it, I think the fan base don't give it a lot of love, but it's a great record in some ways, is one of my favorite Ozzy-era Black Sabbath records. A, because the stuff isn't overplayed. And one thing about Black Sabbath that I I think, when you think of an experimental band, a lot of people don't think of Black Sabbath, but they were. Whether it was on Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, or even Sabotage, or, you know, they they were trying different things. They were experimental. And you hear that fully on Never Say Die. And They were obviously looking to change things up musically, and that song we heard right there, I mean, never in Black Sabbath history do you hear the Beatles' influence, Ozzy's favorite band, the Beatles. And, of course, we know Ozzy wrote all the vocal melodies, almost all the vocal melodies, for Black Sabbath. People argue with me on that. No, guys, Geezer wrote some of the lyrics. Not all of them. Ozzy definitely wrote lyrics too, geezer probably wrote more lyrics than ozzy but as far as the vocal melodies go those were ozzy's you know (laughs) and sure were there suggestions here and there from tony and bill and and geezer i would imagine so but those vocal melodies were ozzy's and you can hear ozzy's favorite band the beatles on that song a hard road right there and never say die side one is amazing they, it lose some of the songs on side two lose lose their way a little bit and it ends really weird with that that song that Bill Ward sings and I, I think Ozzy's playing harmonica on that and does some of the backing vocals it's kind of a weird ending but um, side one rocks and I side two I do think has some really great moments too it just there's a few of the songs that don't really go anywhere um, but while they're not going anywhere, there's some pretty cool things happening. So I love Never Say Die. It's a great record. Don't believe the hype when somebody says that's not a good Sabbath record. It was the the bridge, too, to where Ozzy wins with his solo career. You know, they were trying maybe some more commercial stuff. I mean, listen to those Beatles melodies on that song we just heard. So good. So good. Never Say Die by Black Sabbath. So I'm going to get to my Eggs Benedict right now. But let's get into some... Visigoth, and here from Jake Rogers, the vocalist of the band. This is a sound sample of the song "Fire Seeker" off the "Bells of Awakening" single or EP or whatever you want to call it. Okay, here we go. Some new. Visigoth here on Talking Metal, followed by my interview with Jake from Visigoth. It's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and on the phone we have Jake Rogers from Visigoth. Jake, how are you, man?
1: Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing?
2: I'm I'm doing great, man. I've I've been listening to the the two new songs that you guys have out, Fire Seeker and Abyss Walker, and great great stuff. And where where did these two songs come from? Because I know you had a, a release, a full length release out. A, 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 how long ago? Like a year and a half ago at this point.
0: Something like
2: that, yeah. Like yeah, that. yeah. And then, are these two songs from a upcoming full full length, or are they just kind of standalones?
0: Uh, they were standalones. We actually did that. Um, we, we we did these songs specifically for the seven inch format, and it was so that we would have uh, kind of a special physical release to take with us on our European tour, um, and to kind of bridge the gap between the last record and the next. So. Um yeah, exclusive songs. Um they're thematically uh they are thematically linked as well. So just just those two. And um I don't think we're planning on having those on the next record. Um maybe I don't know, maybe we'll be recording this bonus tracks or something, I don't know, but most likely it'll just be exclusive to the seven inch.
2: Right on, right on. And these were released by by Metal Blade and Metal Blade is a company you've now been with for for a while, right? Since two thousand fifteen?
0: Yeah, yeah, something about right.
2: And how how did the deal come into place with Metal Blade? Had you uh, did you know somebody there, or did they reach out to you? How did you initially start working with Metal Blade?
0: Um, so the story behind that is actually kind of cool. We um, we had just released our first physical media. Um, it was uh, a uh, a small record label called Swords and Chains Records. Um, they had, had just released our uh, EP and our demo on cassette tape for the first time. It uh, had been on Bandcamp for a little while prior to that. Um, afterward, uh, we were reached out to by Sarlac Productions, who worked with Crucial Filter Records to reissue that uh, uh, that EP as, as a vinyl record. Um, and then... Because of that collaboration, uh, the the gentleman who runs Starlack is personal friends with uh, Alan uh, Averill from Primordial, uh, the Irish metal titans, of course. And um, he heard the EP and liked it, and he was actually the one that reached out to us about working with Metal Blade. Uh, Because Primordial's been working with Metal Blade for quite some time as well, and uh, he was kind of doing some scouting for them, I think. So, Yeah, getting reached out to by the... uh, the, the lead singer of a band that I've been listening to since uh, since my high school days so is a pretty cool wow. way to have that come about. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And I I wanted to ask like the age range of your band because I'm a, I'm an older guy and I've been listening to, you know, traditional heavy metal since I was a teenager, which is many decades ago at this point. And it's always refreshing to me when I hear, younger bands out there doing the music that I grew up loving and flying that flag and moving the music forward too. And so uh, how, how old are you guys in the band? Do you mind me asking the age range?
0: Yeah. As of now we are pretty much all in our like late twenties, early thirties areas. Um, So yeah, that's when we started the band, we were all, uh, must have in our early twenties now,
2: actually. Yeah, so there you go. And were you listening to? Tradi- obviously, you were listening to traditional heavy metal stuff growing up. But were there other things that were in your your musical diet? Like where where do you, where where did you come from musically?
0: Um, so I'll just speak for myself personally. I want to speak for those guys and get some of them wrong. For me um lots of other stuff too. Um when it, specifically with metal, um you know, traditional heavy metal is, is kind of my favorite always for the most part has been, but I was also very, very into um various forms of street metal as well. Uh I'm a huge black metal fan. A lot of people know this about me as talk music with me. Um i played in uh, I've played in black metal bands here in Salt like, um on and off for uh, pretty much as long as I've been doing Visigoth as well. Huge death metal fan. Um I do metal, obviously that's that even makes its way into Visigoth sound, I think. Um pretty much anything uh metal wise. I'm not I'm just not really into uh like the stoner metal thing and I'm not really into the uh the kind of post post metal thing personally. um but anything other than that pretty much if it's like a heavy metal subgenre with an established uh set of uh set of sonic rules I probably enjoy it to some extent outside of metal i do listen to a lot of non metal music as well and um all through you know my formative years too i'm a big fan of uh like post punk goth rock i'm a huge fan of ambience music i listen to a lot of electronic music um i enjoy uh i enjoy like americana appalachian folk music country music um might come as a surprise to wow but diversity but i well, I just love music man i'm not I'm an absolute music obsessive it's it's my it's it's everything to me, you know, so um I, metal is my number one, it's my first and foremost, but I feel I'd be like whole my limiting myself if i uh you know only listened to that, so <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm kind of all over the place, uh everything from. You know, I even listen to a little hip hop here and there. Um, a little picky about that, but you know, I have my favorites. So <laughs> pretty right much, you know, yeah. And and I you will be one of those. I listen to everything, people, but lots of stuff.
2: <laughs> right, I hear you. And you mentioned being with other bands and and being a vocalist in other bands. Are you currently playing with other bands?
0: Um, I yes, I I am. I do. Um however being uh blackmail being what it is i typically use uh, pseudonyms and i will uh prefer to keep it that way for now okay um because i don't know i feel like that music requires a certain amount of um uh, aesthetic mystery that i i think it's more fun or more immersive you know when you're listening to for example um yeah, summoning is one of my very favorite black metal bands, and you know, would would, would Summoning be as uh, as as deeply immersed if it, if it was Tom and Joe making the music? No, you know, right. Uh, right. Protector and Selenius has a much more uh, aesthetically cohesive vibe, I think. So, um, yeah, I'll keep that I'll keep that on the DL for now, but you know, I might I might become more loose
2: with it in the future. <laughs> right on. And did you did you grow up in Utah?
0: Um, I, I did. Uh, for the most, it, I was I was born in um, I was born in Washington State. Uh, kind of grew up, not in Seattle, but near in the uh, near in the area. Um, Is I grew up in a town called Issaquah, for listeners from the Pacific Northwest. Um, but my family relocated to Utah when I was probably 12 years old or so. Um, so I, most of my formative years were spent here in Utah.
2: And what was the specifically like the hard rock the metal scene like in in Utah, in where are you Salt Lake?
0: Yeah, I'm in Salt Lake City. Yes, uh, pretty much all of us live in Salt Lake City. We um, the scene here, as of right now, I would say it very much leans heavy into the more kind of extreme. And I'm speaking, by the way, strictly about metal right now. Um, right. right. A, there are there are other thriving. We're actually really. I think Salt Lake's probably most well known for its hardcore scene. Um, that's really what I probably like. Underground music seekers, when they think of Salt Lake, that's probably what they're thinking of. Um, I'm sure you've heard of, of a cult leader, you know. Um, right. Yep. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's really what's big here. But for metal, it's uh, a lot of extreme metal, uh, black black and death metal. I think are kind of the big, uh, big dominating metal genres here.
2: cool cool and as far as gigs coming up i know you guys are scheduled at the metal beer fest which sounds awesome in los angeles Um, december 13th and 14th (laughs) possessed violence some old school (laughs) stuff that i love and many many others are there gigs before then
0: um before that i i think i think that's actually our next kind of big thing um it Pretty much just local stuff, probably between now and then, honestly, Um, which is fine because we just got back from a a pretty grueling tour.
2: Right. So you Um, were in Europe recently, right?
0: (laughs) That's right. Yeah.
2: And that went well for you guys. How's the European crowd?
0: Yeah, you know, I think, I think this was probably the best tour we've. I will go out on a limb and say it's the best tour we've ever done. Um, both in terms of the consistency of our performances um i spent the least amount of time on the tour sick than i probably ever have to i get sick every single time we go on tour every time without fail uh because i'm the singer so i have to get sick right it's my job (laughs) um and and i do every time it's not i'm not kidding i can't i actually can't think of a tour that we've done where i didn't spend at least some of it um pretty severely under the weather Um, This one I did get sick, but it was a shorter list, and it didn't affect as many gigs. Um, So for me, it felt really good. Um, I think all the other guys did their put their absolute best feet forward too. Um, We were just kind of really feeling it, you know. Um, And part of it was because I think the energy of the crowds we were playing to was also at a uh, kind of a fever pitch um, in comparison to previous runs we've done. This was kind of the. It just felt good. And I think we, um, and it seemed like fans were, were the, the most, uh, the most reactive I think we've ever, we've ever seen on a tour. So it's, it's all good, man.
2: It's good. <laughs> and when you look out into the crowd, what, what types of faces are you seeing? Are you seeing younger faces, older faces? What's, what's the crowd like for you guys?
0: In Europe, um, it's really all over the board, age range wise, um, the U.S. tends to be a little more younger crowd, I think. Not, and uh, you know, younger in terms of like I'm considering I'm considering us being young too, right? Um,
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: Here speaking, so this sort of like uh, you know teenagers up through the the mid 30s, you know, young young crowd, and in in Germany especially, um, it's like the a, a huge age age range. You'll see people from all, you know. <laughs> From all sorts of, uh, from all generations, uh, are are there, and which I really, I think that's really cool.
2: Um, yeah, no, it's awesome. It's, yeah, cool. And so the two new songs are out, which you guys are calling the the bells of Awak- awakening, like what single or or EP? I guess single, right? It's two songs. Yeah, so.
0: bells of awakening. We're calling it. Yeah, you can call it a single. You can call it an EP. Whatever, right. whoever floats your boat. <laughs>
2: And are there other new songs that you guys are kicking around working on at this point or is it too early for that?
0: Oh, yeah, we've always got stuff on. The, uh, we've always got stuff in the oven. Um you know, uh Jameson and Lee and I are pretty much always writing um stuff and then when it comes time to oh, we need to put a record together, that's when we kind of sit down, go through it all and discuss, you know, which 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 uh, which of these demos we've been working on the whole band likes the most or oh I really like that riff or that chorus I think we could work that into a song you know and we'll we'll kind of piecemeal things together but um, yeah this is the, uh, the three of us are pretty much always putting stuff together um, you know, the way we usually do it is uh, all three of us have recording setups at home uh, where we have you know record guitars and uh, usually program the drums and stuff and then uh we just we bring those to practice and learn them as a band and then kind of edit them together as a five piece that's usually how it how how our songs come together so we always be working on stuff
2: cool and you've been doing this a number of years at this point what what do you view as your career highlights or highlight uh at this stage i know i know you still hopefully many years ahead of you doing this stuff, making great music for us. But so far, what jumps out as a career highlight for you? Wow.
0: Well, um, I always I was, I was worry getting asked a question like this, I'm forget some incredible experience and feel that for not giving credit where credit's due. But I think for me, a really big one was being invited to be involved in the, uh, the Mark Shilton tribute at Keep It True recently. Cool. Uh, that, that just happened. Um, that was uh, just being asked to do that. I uh, filled my heart. Like, I can't even tell you that, how much of an honor that actually was, especially with how much of an impact Mark and his music, um, you know, had on me. And i mean a wouldn't exist without Manila road. I think right. is a pr- probably a pretty safe thing to say. Uh, Cause that was the band that really got me understanding that there was, there's was more to metal than, than your maiden and your priest and your, you know, the, the, the kind of good entry level, but you know, awesome, amazing bands that you need to listen to, but we'll call them entry level because it's very easy. You know, you don't need to dig for that. No road showed me that there was this whole underground world, you know? Um, and so yeah, right. being involved with that with Mark, um, there was a kid we played with, uh, at Hell Over where uh, Atlantean Codex, which is one of my favorite bands, pulled me up. And uh, un- Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know they were going to do that, but they did. They pulled me up and had me sing part of a song, which was huge for me. Um, getting to share the stage with Solstice to keep it true. Um, I don't know. There's been so many at this point that it, it makes my head spin. I can't even... You know, Rock Hard Festival was the last festival we played at the end of this tour. We just did it was like the biggest show we've ever played, um, and it went it went surprisingly well with how little sleep we were running on at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Right? The list could go on. I'll leave it at the the Mark tribute. I think was probably the the biggest honor.
2: Right on. Me. Yeah, the first time I ever heard Manila Road, I'm I'm. Going by memory here, I'm not Googling this, but I believe it was on a record on Shrapnel Records. I I bought this record strictly based on the album cover art, and it was a compilation album, and it, I think it was called the Unsung Heroes of Guitar or Metal or something on sh- Volume Two uh-huh. on Shrapnel Records. Uh, okay, I, I need I need to Google that and see if that's correct. Uns Unsung Guitar Heroes, U.S. Metal like volume two or something. And uh, yeah, that and, that was, I believe the first time I heard uh, Manila road. Yeah.
0: Do you remember which song it was?
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't. It was, it was one that they then, they re-released it uh, later um, on, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Sorry, I, I, I don't. I don't have no, it in front okay. of me. But but yeah, I'll have to. Well, i have to Google that and see if I'm remembering it correctly. Un, unsung Guitar Heroes, U.S. Metal Volume Two, which was a Shrapnel uh, album. You remember Shrapnel? Obviously, oh, yeah, Shrapnel you obviously way before the Mike out, Varney's thing.
0: Yeah, no, Shrapnel put out some great stuff, man. I I, I own I I own at least a, a handful of records that were released originally on Trapnel. So I'm definitely familiar, but honestly, I've never been a huge compilation guy.
2: Right. I don't really
0: spring for for the comps so often when I'm buying records. So honestly, I'm not familiar with this comp. I'll have to check it out
2: yeah I, I may be completely remembering it wrong but I but it was it, if it wasn't that one it was one it was it, it was definitely a comp compilation record I thought on shrapnel that had Manila road on it but I might I, know, I might be mistaken anyways Jake, it's been great talking with you and we wish you the best of luck and thanks for flying the the metal flag high and uh, looking forward to everything you guys have in store in the future.
0: Oh, thank you so much, man. It's an honor to be here on the show, and uh, I just I really appreciate your time. And for everyone listening, thank, thank you all for your support. It's been really incredible. And uh, uh, thank you guys all so much, and we're really grateful.
2: Awesome. You take care. Have a great day.
0: Hey, thanks. You have a good one, too,
2: man. See ya. Wisdom. All right, a little Manila Road here on Talking Metal. I am standing out in front of the comic book store, about to go in there and hang out with my sons and their friend Henry. They're in there playing, doing this Pokemon tournament thing. But let's talk about Manila Road. Jake Rogers and I were just discussing them at the end of the interview there. Jake from Visigoth. And the song that we just heard was the song I was trying to tell him about. It's called Flaming Metal System, and it is off of the Crystal Logic album by Manila Road. But the first time I actually heard it was in 1983 when I purchased the U.S. Metal Volume 3 album. And that is the, again, the first time I heard it, that was a, a shrapnel release I believe during the interview, I I said it was volume two. That is incorrect. It's U.S. Metal volume three, issued by Mike Varney's Shrapnel label. And it had a lot of great songs on there. Mixed Blessing. Uh, I think uh, Marty Friedman's first band, Hawaii, was on there. And a lot of great stuff. The Rods. And that record was a real important record for me. Uh, U.S. Metal volume three. And I think it was like the Unsung Guitar Heroes, it said, also on it. Um, And had all the rockers with this really cool artwork, like out in battle with tanks and guns and stuff. Very cool. And it, again, featured Manila Road. That song right there. Flaming Metal System by Manila Road. So there you go. I'm about to go into this this Pokemon tournament right now. And let's continue with some Visigoth. A big thanks to Jake Rogers for speaking with me. And uh, here we go. Some more music right now. Cold is the crown of death Fear in
1: its chill Point of no return (gasps) Venture
2: guys, I'm now across the street at New World Manga, where my two boys are playing uh, a Pokemon competition. And, yeah, a lot of kids and grown-ups here, actually, even participating in this tournament of Pokemon. Apparently there was a new release today, and it's a big deal, and they charge uh, extra for all this. So um, the kids are excited and going full steam. And my one son is looking at me like he's angry that I have the microphone out talking into it. So I'm going <laughs> try to try to make this quick. But, um, yeah, what you just heard there was some Visigoth that was Traders Gate. I believe that came out in 2018. Go download that track on Amazon Music or Spotify. You can stream it on Spotify or download it on iTunes so yeah, check it out And again, we are now across the street From the Ritz Diner Where I started the uh, the episode um, Had like a Probably a thousand calorie uh, <laughs> Eggs Benedict Alright, so The Ritz Diner I'm going to post a picture of the Ritz Diner And it's world famous They taped a, a scene From the Sopranos TV show there They also had that Blonde-haired, spiky-haired guy from the Food Channel do his show there once. I think it's called, like, what is it called? Drive-In Diners? Drive-In and Dives or something like that. You know that show? You know the guy I'm talking about wears, like, the wraparound sunglasses, the blonde, spiked-up, Billy Idol-style hair? Yeah, he did an episode there the Ritz Diner. And now we are across the street from the Ritz Diner at the New World Manga comic book store where they do these card games like Pokemon on the weekends, and get a ton of people turning out to them. And I I feel like my kids are really into it. I feel like it's good exposure. You know, it's a different town. It exposes them to playing by the rules, meeting new kids, and it's good. They do a great job here at the New World Manga, and they usually make some extra money off of me because I end up buying some comics while I'm here. I uh, really enjoy the new Star Wars comics. I like where they're going with those. I usually pick up some of those. There's been some other ones, too. But, yeah, fun fun times. And I do want to mention I do another podcast called the Mark Striegel Podcast, and we only have 30 listeners, and that is because it's a pay-only podcast. You have to support me on Patreon, and as little as $2 a month will get you this weekly bonus podcast or, or, or additional podcast. I don't know if it's a bonus, but it's it's an exclusive, maybe that's the better word, exclusive podcast for the people on Patreon, all 30 of them. And I do it with Victor Ruez from the Mars Attacks podcast. He is my co-host and we have a blast doing it every week. Um, and again, it's exclusive for my supporters on Patreon Another way you can support me is use those Amazon links. Those have really fallen off, and it bumps me out, because those used to really do well for me. But let's, uh, let's really try to do that. I know you guys shop on Amazon, so all you have to do, if you live in the United States, Canada, or the U.K., all you have to do is go to TalkingRock.net or TalkingMetal.com, hit that support tab, and go to the Amazon page. Or, or really, just hit any Amazon link. So what'll happen is you just link on over to the Amazon site from my site. They recognize that I sent you and then you buy whatever diapers, comic books, you know, notebooks, your school supplies for your kid, you know, whatever, man, whatever you buy is cool. Buy a new TV. I get a little kickback on that. Not much, but a little bit. And It adds up, you know, to 50 bucks here or there. And I was sad to see that it was way down to like 30 bucks this month. So please continue to use those Amazon links. And if you don't use them, start using them. So two ways right there you can support. Patreon, where you get exclusive content, depending on how much you pledge each month. Or by just doing your shopping as you always do on Amazon with one minor additional step, going to TalkingRock.net before you go to Amazon and link through to Amazon through my site. Thank you, guys. Uh, I did want to also mention that I um, was almost killed. (laughs) I'm laughing, but seriously. So we were up in Lake Placid on vacation, and my dad was there. He has a house up there, so he was there with us. Uh, my two boys, Harrison and Grant, and my amazing superhero wife, which I'm going to tell you about. And I messed up my ankle or my foot. I'm going to the doctor in a couple of days to get it looked at. But so I, I'm, a, you know, I like to walk. I like to jog a lot. But I, I felt limited with what I could do. But I noticed that swimming was not bothering my ankle and foot when I when I did swimming. And I'm not that great of a swimmer. But, you know, swimming is, burns calories, keeps you in shape. Some people say it's the bet, best form of physical fitness there is. So, again, my dad's house where we were visiting for the week was on this lake. And it's a, it's a rough lake. It's not like a little pond or anything. It's a massive, massive lake. And it's choppy, you know, and there's undercurrents and stuff like that. So I, I was watching my dad, who's in his 70s, swim and he, he gets a good workout every day, but he wears a life jacket and he swims out in the lake. And he told me it's really rough. And I said, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do the same thing my 70 year my 70, well, what is he, 73-year-old dad does. I'm going to go out in the water and swim, but I'm going to do it a little bit different since I'm much younger than him. I feel like I'm actually in the best shape of my life. I didn't take into the account that I'm, you know, not a good swimmer. So I uh, decided not to wear the life jacket. Uh, my dad had warned me. He said, no, you need to wear the life jacket, and I ignored his advice. My wife, Emily, who was sunbathing on the dock down there um, by the the water, told me you must wear a life jacket. I ignored her advice, like an idiot. So I jumped in there, and I swam way out into the lake, and then I started feeling real tired when I got out there, because, again, the water is really, really tough. So... You know, when I say way out, it wasn't even that far out. I mean, it was like, I don't know, 50 yards. I don't don't know, you know. And then I started coming back and I was getting tired. So I, I flipped over and I was like doing a backstroke going back. And even that, like the waves were like splashing over my face. It got really scary fast, and my heart was pounding. I I seriously felt like I was going to have a heart attack. And I started screaming, I've never done this in my life, help, help. And thankfully, Emily, who was on the dock, had a a life preserver type thing, one of those things that you see on a boat, like a little circle thing that you throw out to, like, you know, like Gilgan's Island. You know, he had that on his boat, the three-hour cruise. You know, it's one of those things, And, and she basically dove in with that and swam out to get me and yeah. So I don't know if I would have drowned, but cause I was real tired, I was getting closer to the shore, but uh, there's a good chance that she literally saved my life and man, what an idiot. Two people tell me to wear a life, uh, jacket and I don't do it. So yeah, man. So I just wanted to, cause there was some stuff on Twitter about that. Um, I just wanted to say that and, uh, yeah, so what a superhero wife I have, Emily. And then last night, my dog Pearl, in the middle of the night, she'd been at the kennel all week, she, and she was great when we got her home, but last night she wakes up and her whole, she's like going crazy scratching, and her whole face is inflamed. Like her eyes are all puffed out, and, and her mouth and her throat, and, and she's like scratching, and she was like having an allergic reaction to something. So here if, at 4 a.m., Emily gets in the car with Pearl and goes to the emergency vet clinic, which is like a half hour from our house. And they no, injected her with uh, injected Pearl the dog with with Benadryl. And uh, yeah, I don't know. She still seems off today. I'll keep you guys posted. Hopefully, she'll be back to normal soon. But kind of scary too because we were worried her throat was closing up. And and she never cries. And she was like crying. And uh, so poor Emily has been. Uh, <laughs> Saving everyone, me and Pearl and, wow, uh, Emily the Superhero. There you go. And she will be joining me in heavy Montreal. And there you go. So for updates on myself and Pearl, tune into to my and Pearl's uh, show. It's called Mark in the Minivan, and it is on YouTube.com slash Talking Metal. I, I let loose, I share some opinions, and some people, like this one guy was telling me, oh, you got to stay in the positive. But listen, it's an outlet for me, man. I'm trying to be honest and express my feelings, whether they're right, wrong, positive, or negative in your eyes, that's what, that's what I'm doing there. It's therapy. Mark and the minivan is therapy for me, and I appreciate you listening to him. And yeah, thanks, guys. So go, go subscribe to that station youtube.com slash talking metal so um let's get into some kill switch this is i'm broken 2 brand new kill switch engage here on talking metal at heavy Montreal kill switch engage yeah I'm talking kind of low here because I'm trying not to disturb the kids and my kids are like glaring at me right now they don't like it that I'm causing a scene here at the Pokemon tournament but yeah kill switch engage uh, they'll be up in heavy Montreal that's their new song right there I'm broken too new music on the way from those guys shortly so let's get ready for that let's get ready for that and to close things out I was really blown away that Chris Adler has left Lamb of God, a band that I would consider myself a casual fan. However, the Sacrament record from back in 2006 is one of my favorites of of that time frame. Such a great record. And the other records I kind of know a little bits here and there. But Sacrament was an album that really hit me hard in a good way. I love that record so much. And I followed Chris's career. You know, I, I always... Liked his His vibe You know he was in Megadeth for a little bit Then he was I don't know if it was as a joke Or he was serious about it He was in Nitro with Michelangelo Badio for a while Um, And yeah Just quite shocked that he's Leaving his brother Willie And the Band Mark and Randy and those guys of Lamb of God He's leaving them behind He's out Chris Adler Out of Lamb of God Breaking news, yeah. So let's uh, end on that note. This is Walk With Me In Hell by Lamb of God, uh, a band that I saw at Heavy Montreal a few years back, and they just were insane. Always such a great live band, but I think the best time I've seen them, because I've seen them, I think, four times live, and my highlight with them uh, was at Heavy Montreal a number of years back. The place was just going frickin' nuts. It's a different vibe up there in Canada. I love it. I love it. They do it upright, man. They do it upright. Uh, and Montreal especially. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore. We're not in Jersey anymore. This is someplace different, you know? it's It's close to the United States, but it has a very, very different vibe. You feel like you're in a different country when you're in Quebec, when you're in Montreal, the city of Montreal, where Emily and I will be shortly okay here to take us out walk with me in hell by lamb of god thanks guys support use those amazon links please
3: Wondered how to say good morning in Italian or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, What is happy birthday in German? Or, How do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning
0: a new language today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator